And welcome to another episode of Two Medics and One Mike. Your presenters are Imran Lasker and Thrusha Gudwatna. So hello and welcome to another episode of Two Medics and One Mike. My name is Dr. Lasker. I'm a consultant radiologist. Hi, and I'm Thrusha Gudwatna. I am a cardiology registrar with a special interest in intervention. Intervention. You love it, man. And people are actually messaging you saying that, you know what, I use, you're through show with a specialist intervention. What I really want to know or what I really want to see is when someone comes up to you and say, through show, you um, the through show with a specialist interest intervention. That's what I, that's what I'm waiting for that day. Oh. Yeah, I want it to be synonymous with me, which is um, I think it's really important, you know, like for, um, you know, with cardiology uh, in our training, we uh, have to kind of do a separate interview to like get into a subspecialty. And um, some people, they get to that point and then the, uh, the, the powers that be turn around and go, oh, you want to do intervention, do you? Well, uh, your CV isn't quite good enough or, uh, um, yeah, you just don't quite have the skills. And they just say no. Whereas if literally the first thing that comes to people people's minds insidiously <laughs> is intervention, then like, you know, I've planted that seed there. So this is good. This is my brand. They can't they can't so, take that away so from me So you're kind now. of hoping that they'd listen to the podcast and be like, oh, yeah. I know you, you're through show with a special, well, you're going to have to be intervention now. Exactly. I mean, there's, he is the guy with intervention in his name yeah so yeah. uh yeah, yeah that's interesting actually so but hang on so you get so basically there is a possibility that you know someone who does cardiology and wants to do intervention might not be able to do intervention based on what like how good they are or is it their cv yeah. i mean what is that yeah so the, i think there's a combination of factors like in london i think it's uh it's more stringent um mm. but yeah you have to prepare your cv you do like an interview and they'll ask you questions relating to the subspecialty interest and traditionally within cardiology intervention has tended to be more popular although um, it's changing now I think but um, uh, yeah they, they have turned around and said oh you know I've seen you in the lab and you don't quite have the skills which I think is a bit mean mm. because I think that it perhaps is a fault of the trainers because um, ultimately it's a failure of training you then I mean like mm. they, these aren't kind of like crazy crazy skills it's you know it's um procedural um mm. but yeah so some people have been told no you can't do it sometimes quite late in their training actually this is that's a topic that i'd like to go over at some point someday because yeah. it, it has uh, caused heartache uh, amongst colleagues yeah i can imagine man honestly i don't i mean yeah i mean i know what it's like not to get what you want when you want it but um i mean is it a case of like if you don't get it the first time you can try again or is it mm. that's it once they say no that's it Honestly, I think it's a kind of kiss of death, like in in, in a region. I have mm. uh, heard of colleagues who've um, moved region and then tried training again elsewhere. And that's kind of worked out for them, I think. Um, and there's some people who just have kind of gone a bit off the map. So I don't really know. But um, it's not, it's it's not, um, I don't think there are that many avenues. It's, t it's tough. It's tough. Um, uh, I can't say that I know loads about it, but as I say, uh, it, ha it has kind of given the, me the appearance of a kiss of death. So uh, please, mm. if you can just, uh, if you do listen to the podcast and you do mention my name, just mention intervention in it as well. Just subliminally, <laughs> just whisper it. Just, just afterwards, just intervention, intervention. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's got to be tough, man. I, I rate, and I, rate, I mean, I rate you for you know um, how much work you've got to do to get to where you get to. But you know, someone who doesn't quite get get what they want and move up, move around the country and all that kind of stuff. It's it's tough, yeah. isn't it? Moving away from family. You've done it, haven't you? You've you've moved away from family. Yeah. Uh, to I'm, to I'm... pursue your dreams, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there, there was a thread on it, wasn't it? There was um, uh, someone on Twitter who mentioned that uh, he was told by someone in London that basically, mm. if you didn't get a job in London, it was because you're just not quite good enough. 
enough for London. And I, I, re- I replied, did you see my reply? I was a bit like, well, I mean, I grew up and I was born and I have got a lot of love for London. You know, a load of my friends mm. there, families there. And well, I do I'm in lo- London. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's that's yeah. all you need. What else do you need, Patricia? Yeah, Come yeah, on. Totally, totally. <laughs> but I mean, if I had to pick something else... I was slightly less important to me that I love about London. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard. I'd really rack my brain. But if I had okay, to pick good. one I'm glad, thing, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, uh, it's that uh, it's awesome being able to just be like, oh, I quite fancy Lebanese food, and then just getting Lebanese. Food. You could just do that, like, or oh, you know, I fancy like a milkshake at I don't know three thirty in the morning, and you could get it from somewhere in London because that's just how London is. Whereas at mm. the moment, I live in Ipswich, and pretty much if I fancied a takeaway, it'd either be a bad Indian or a bad Chinese. Uh, we, we're getting Nando's <laughs> delivered now, which is nice. Wow. Um, if you've got Nando's, all you need, mate. That's all it's you true. Need. It's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. But um, that is one thing I do miss about London. Um, yeah, yeah. But we've got so much to talk about today. It's we loads do. of big, yeah, to- yeah. big topics. And um, in preparation, I've made myself two cups of tea. Two cups of tea. Speaking of tea, did we almost fall out over tea this week, Thrusha? Oh. We, I think we felt had a mini fallout. You know, this well, is uh, you upset me, Thrusha. I'm sorry. Was this the PG tips thing? What's I mean, wrong with PG Tips? Look, What's wrong with you? Imran, mate, look, I just think you deserve better. Look, you're a good guy, man. And you just need to, you just need to, you could do so much. Don't, don't settle. Don't settle for PG Tips. Okay. Oh, I, you s- can, I sell for radiology, so I can sell for PG Tips. <laughs> you're, you're more, you're more than, a, you're more than this pyramid bag. What I, you know, don't, don't oh, get sucked man. into that. It's just, it's just the dust, the dust amongst the leaves. Like, and it's just, you know, there are better, Yorkshire tea, like, I'm not from Yorkshire. I mean, like, you know, I've been up in Yorkshire. Yorkshire's lovely, uh, but that's not why I love it. I, it just, it's just once you've once you've had it. Uh, Trisha, you, even the tea's not from Yorkshire, mate. Come on, o- it's open true, your it's eyes. True. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's a blend. I mean, if I'm completely honest, you know, being like Sri Lankan and you know, like my granddad works on a tea plantation. Oh, like our our preoccupation with tea is big. Like in our hats, like. And my dad, if you don't if you don't make the tea properly, like you won't drink it. He'll be like, oh, I'll take this away. You know, like you you have to have a fresh uh, fresh kettle of water, and you know, <laughs> so it's just really like he has certain well, things that it's got to be done, and otherwise I he laugh, won't drink it. But I have to deal with this all the time with my wife. Honestly, oh, really? yeah. yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, can you make me a cup of tea? And I actually have to be like, okay, what's the instructions this time? She's like, oh, okay. So you, you want to put the milk in, microwave till there's a few bubbles, what? and then you want to, yeah, it's literally like, dip the dip the thing in, then take it out, dip it in again, then add the water, then stir it, leave. And it's like, where do these instructions come from? Like, <laughs> yeah. what, it, you're difficult already. Why does tea have to become difficult? Like, why yeah. why does it have to happen to me? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm simple. I keep things simple. Whoa. Dip the tea bag in, and you're done. Like, well, come on, man. How, how difficult can it be? Well, um, it's like that yeah. with coffee, isn't it? And just in their coffee. And I've got to be a bit controversial. I mean, like, I have tried various different forms of coffee right and mm. the, uh, one thing that I, I love and I quite like to do is the mocha pot you know where you kind of put it onto the stove and it kind of percolates or whatever but mm. then like someone pointed out the other day that there are all these elaborate ways of making coffee and do they really taste all that different I'm like, oh actually I don't really know and then I kind of went back to using a cafeteria for a while and I'm like actually can I tell the difference I can't I don't think mm. I can and now I'm like oh maybe you know there are all these kind of like really elaborate ways of doing things but maybe I'm just Maybe it's just a bit pretentious. Right? Maybe, you know, Maybe. Am I, or am I just too much of a philistine? I don't know. I feel like some anaesthetist should like get in contact with us and be like, no, there's been a test. There's been a test whereby, you know, and or something, tannins. They'll talk about tannins and stuff. Yeah. Well, um, you and your drinks, mate. I mean, I remember the other day you shared something about some sort of chocolate alcoholic oh, beverage. Yeah. Not that I'm, I, you know, I don't drink alcohol, but it, it looked very interesting. But it didn't seem like you got that much traction. People weren't all yeah. that positive about it. Yeah. What was uh, it, what was a concoction that you'd made? 
Parade. What was it? So, so basically, yeah, it was basically a play on something that's called a White Russian, which is basically um, this kind of uh, oh god, what is it? It's got it's got milk, uh, vodka, mm. and this kind of coffee liquor, uh, and it's nice, it's lush. In my so um, that was kind of my staple drink. But I was like, oh, it's kind of coffee. What could go better with the milk with coffee? How about chocolate milk? And so um, I used this kind of like chocolatey <laughs> vodka, chocolate milk, and it was delightful. It was delightful. Really? Yeah, You'd yeah, recommend yeah. it, would you? Basically, I like alcohol to not taste too much like alcohol, and just to taste. Mm. And it's basically like an adult drink. It's like chocolate milk, but with alcohol and coffee in it. It's quite nice. Um, and so it just kind of. But it's confusing for the body, I think, because the the. Uh, the kind of coffee like thing is like speed you up and then the alcohol is like slow you down um and then the sugar's like oh make you bloated i don't know it's it was good it was good i enjoyed okay, it okay well good- you know you, maybe people will try it out and let us know what they think i had a good um, day yeah yeah, yeah yeah okay so it's been a it's been a big week i mean should we just go for one big subject very very quickly just sort of just get out of the way what do you think i mean yeah well yeah. I, th- I think we should i mean we were talking about tea weren't we and spilt tea and one thing that we have seen lots of this week is lots of our kind of mutual friends basically going at it on Twitter and it's all mm. a lot of it mm. has been about Palestine right Palestine yeah. and Israel and yeah, yeah. Um, so you you did like a, a kind of a, a thread on it I was reading your thread and I was like oh yeah I don't usually do threads mm. I was, I, you know I, I've, I've only watched other people do threads and I thought oh, let's give this a go and uh, uh, it was one of the things I felt uncomfortable not to say something at least just on the off chance that you know I don't really have much of a voice I've only got what you know not that many followers but I thought if you're going to be in my space you might as well just have a have a you know a bit of a nugget of what I think and I, I express my opinions and actually a lot of my frustrations or sadness comes from the fact that civilian lives are affected so much you know people are not in the game you know like you know if you if you watch the wire you know about the game if you're in the game then you, it's good you know you can be part of the whole gangster thing and I just feel sorry and very bad for you know the people that are you know the innocent people that have to suffer because of some political ide- ideology and and stuff and that that was the point in my tweet but uh, you know um i just felt like i needed to communicate and i in truth i was very nervous about doing it i was thinking to myself like i'm feeling nervous about this because there have been occasions in the past where people get quite irate about it and i'm not really up for an argument it's just an opinion Mm. Um, and thankfully people are actually quite nice and or didn't really get engaged too much if they didn't agree with me but uh, we noticed that one of our good colleagues or you know now you know almost co-presenter right yeah. we'd say co-presenter mm. uh, Medic Med- Russell um, had a bit of um, no uh, yeah he had a bit of a difficult time didn't he what, what was yeah. that again well like, people were kind of having a go and I'd seen a few threads along this along the lines of if you don't say something if you don't speak out about this then you're basically complicit and mm. um, I, I I saw a few of those, and um, I do remember thinking to myself, "Oh my god, am, am I complicit?" Like um, it did make me think, mm. "Oh, like I should kind of like do some." Re- it did kind of guilt me into because I'm like, "Oh, you know, these are these are people that um, you know, it's it's awful. Like what's going on?" But mm. it's like a massive rabbit hole, and there are loads of things that are kind of flying around left, right, and center. Mm. And I was like, "This is." This is big. Like whatever, mm. what these people are arguing about, how can I engage with this when I'm so so ignorant? And then mm. like you know, and then people start throwing other stuff like you know, oh, and there's anti-Semitic sentiment, and then mm. people are talking about like Zion, and I was like, mm. that was in the Matrix, like oh, like hmm. what's the Matrix got to do that? Like it was yeah. just all, um, it's, but people, you know, it's clear that when people were kind of trying to engage with stuff, that there was mm. just there's lots of anger everywhere. Um, 
But we, I mean, I think what was happening with Russ was he was getting, he's getting pushed to talk about something that, you know, maybe he didn't feel like he wanted to talk about. Yeah. That, that was but, the issue, right? Yeah, because they're basically, again, along those lines, right? If you, if you mm. don't say anything, then you're kind of almost cons- consenting to what's happening. And he mm. kind of was, there was this back and forth where he was saying, well, I don't know everything about it. So how could I comment on it without... I mean, what did you, I mean, do you think we have, you know, he's got, what, 18, 19,000 followers? And the mm. implication was, well, you've got a responsibility. All these people are, like, uh, listening to what you say. Do you, What do you think? I, I always find it difficult to really, uh, you know, I, I, I hear what people are saying, that if you've, got, if you've got a platform, then fair enough. Like, you may feel as if someone has a responsibility to use that platform for whatever purposes you think is, is worth it. But, you know, you have to understand, I think anyway, that you have to understand not everyone is on, on the platform for the same things and not everyone is willing to talk about things they're not comfortable with. And it's the same thing I feel about, you know, when, you know, Wayne Rooney, you know, I'm not into football, but, you know, Wayne Rooney, he's, he's a very famous footballer, mm. you know, he, he scores lots of goals. You know, in reality, he's probably just the guy that's got you know he's good at something he goes and makes a living doing it but then people start putting him onto a bit of a pedestal like you're a role model and so i think there was something he was getting up to which is quite seedy not so long ago and people were like oh you know that's not right he's a role model and i just felt bad for him that you know at the end of the day he's a young guy uh, yeah fine he's in the spotlight but he didn't ask to be anyone's role model it's our we're making him a role model and he's not entirely comfortable with it and it's a shame that we we almost force people to be role models when they they don't want to be hmm. and i i feel bad i felt bad for anyone and not just you know Russell, but other people that feel as though they're pushed into talking about something that they don't want to talk about. Mm. This is your safe space, and I, 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 I find it doubtful that yeah, you might get a lot of followers, but you're doing you're doing it because you know you might be funny. But that doesn't mean you have to have an opinion on everything, does it? Yeah. You know, it's, I, I don't think it's fair. It's yeah. a lot of responsibility that people don't ask for when they get that kind of following. Well, I think I you're know. right. Yeah, I mean, like essentially, he's got a big following because he's funny and because people like mm. him. He's a, he seems like a nice yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a lovely like, guy. We met him now. He's, he's yeah. a lovely guy. Yeah. So I. Like, um, and I think the whole kind of complicit thing seems a bit weird because like there's so many things that, I mean there are lots of other stuff that we could we could have equally kind of spoken about like the stuff uh, people dying at the coup in Burma and you know there's mm. loads of this you know it'd be exhausting and um, mm. I do know of kind of colleagues who when they're on Twitter they just mute all of those threads because they're like that's not what we want you know from Twitter mm. we just want an over research or we just want memes and we just want it to be mm. like a fun downtime and mm. similarly even though Ross has got many, many followers, it's not like he gets money for that. He just gets, mm. you know, just people like his content. That's not, mm. that's all he gets. So it's his own, his own time. Mm. Um, so I, I see what people mean. Like, you know, when, when you see something bad happening in the world, you want other people to see it too. Um, but like, I think we know very well now that Twitter is a very, um, it, it can be very difficult and nuanced, uh, as in it can be very difficult to convey difficult, or, or to convey nuance, right? Like mm, we know, mm. like the great minds in Twitter have not been able to solve the DNA CPR conversation. That seems to just come up every, <laughs> yeah, you know, that yeah, just tends, tends to be a mess. Um, mm. And uh, I just think, and the other thing, I mean, have you ever, have you got, ever gotten into an argument on Twitter? It's a nightmare. Have you gotten into well, an I argument? I mean, yeah, I don't really engage too much in arguments. I mean, I kind of mate. maybe throw the odd, odd thing back. But I've seen you get into arguments, oh, mate. I mean, you've, you've properly got in, yeah, uh, yeah. You know you know what I'm like. I mean, I just get kind of, I vet, <laughs> 
context. <laughs> and the thing is, is that there's so many things that come to mind. And then I'm like, oh, mm. you know, I'm going to fill that into one tweet. Like, there's four tweets. And then what happens is they reply to like, I don't know, the second tweet. And you're like, wait a second, <laughs> there are more tweets coming. Just wait, I'm getting there. And then they're like, oh yeah, and you spelled that wrong. And you know, and you're like, no, mm. that completely undermines my point. I might as well just delete my account. And everyone's like, yeah, just delete your account. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. So how did that thread go? I mean, you were saying, should I delete oh, my account? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. voted for delete. I always, you did know, you? if you put Mate. something, yeah, of course. Yeah, oh, Every time so. you said, should I delete my account? I said, yes, you should delete your account. Of course you should. Just what? to see if you do it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> it was tempting. It was tempting sometimes. I'm like, oh, should I just delete it? But I'm like, all those, follow- all those precious followers. But, oh, all those uh, precious friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah friends. Yeah, yeah. But no, so, so that was about... Um, the GP. So there was this uh, Davina McCall uh, mm. did a documentary on menopause, and uh, mm. I don't know for those of you who don't know who Davina McCall is, she was a presenter at Big Brother. Yeah, I mean, no, I remember her more for Street Mate. I used to love watching Street Mate. Do you oh, ever watch no, that? I, no, no, I do with this. Oh, Street Mate was a good fun. Like she used to literally like, let's say me and you were walking along, and then you said, yeah, you know, um, first of all, you know, what kind of girl are you into? And you tell, or you tell, or guy, whatever you're into, and then she would literally walk down the street and say, what about that girl? And then be like, yeah, she's quite hot. And then she'd run up to them and say, would you like to go out with this girl? No way, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. And it was really fun, and it was really fun watching what people get up to. This sounds like the type of show that would be in like Channel Five, like a bit low budget. Was it in Channel Five? It was Channel Four. It was Channel oh, Four. I think she, okay. I think Davina's very much a Channel Four person. Yeah, not? I guess I mean, so. I'm yeah, just yeah, making yeah, a few yeah. assumptions. There, but, anyway, yeah. yeah so, anyway, so like, yeah. I heard about this documentary. I read a review of it, and I was like, oh, this looks really good. Oh, me and Joe should watch it tonight. And I thought, oh, I'll put mm. it on Twitter. Like, oh, like you know, it talks about um, how culturally. We don't know that much about menopause. Like, we don't talk about it very much. And certainly mm. I... Uh, I don't know if I just didn't attend the lecture at med school. I mean, that's uh, quite possible. But, like... Um, you, I just come yeah. on, mate. You're pretty good at things, weren't you? Anyway, yeah, right, go on. I don't know, mate. But, like, um, mm. yeah, so I was like, oh, she don't know that much about menopause. And so, like, posted about the review. And um, not really... And, you know, in, in fairness, when I saw the bit that said, oh, you know, like, GPs don't know about, that much about menopause, I didn't actually read it as GPs. I kind of read it as doctors. Because, you know, solidarity and stuff, I just see us as the same thing. But when I posted mm. it, people were like, uh, actually, like, I did a diploma in it, or they had, like, loads... Long attachments in it and of course GPs know loads about this you know mm. um, so and it kind of seemed I guess I mean I, I still haven't seen the documentary bad but um, <laughs> it was kind of the um, foundation upon which uh, that uh, documentary um, seemed to stand was an mm. implication that uh, as medical professionals uh, women were being withheld HRT I think that was one of the implications mm. and loads of GPs were like well actually that's not true but also mm. there, the, you know there are some problems for which HRT might not help and it was mm. um, you know again it's like nuanced but oh yeah people were like whoa and um, GPs have been under a lot of pressure right and it's, uh, it's really yeah, coming to a head uh, have you seen the kind of yeah. threads from the last couple of days yeah, I've noticed. I mean, I, there's a few GP, high-profile GPs I follow now, and um, I've noticed they're getting a bit. It sounds like a pressure's on them, you know. Mm. But you know what? The truth is, Buck always stops with the GP. Uh, look, I know you know what. There's gonna be a lot of GPs not be happy about, about what I'm about to say, okay? But sometimes when I'm in, well, not sometimes when I when I'm in old sound uh, and a patient comes in. And they start, you know, they kind of go on a bit, you know, oh, you know, uh, you know, my elbow's hurting. Should I do this? Should I do that? You know, except, and they'll go on and, oh, but my neck as well. Can you, check? <laughs> you know, I, lit- I literally say, you should talk to your GP about that. Uh... And I know, I know my GP colleagues going to be upset with me for saying that. Mm. But I just think, you know what, like... I didn't sign up to listen to this. You know, I I know it's bad and I, and I could sit there and listen to them. Like I had one, you know, one person I actually felt bad for. She, um, 
And then she brought a daughter in and uh, she was convinced there was something going on with her arm or something. And I had a look and it looked completely normal to me. Right. And then she was like, well, you know, this is really difficult for me because I've got to keep taking time off work. I've got to pull the kid out of school. You know, I, can, I understand that these are difficult, when you, especially when I'm not being able to give them answers. But, uh, you know, there's only so many answers I can give. And literally, this was taking a long time now. Like, you know, my list is getting backed up. And, you know, I know GPs will feel this. Like, you know, when mm. someone, someone takes a long time, their list gets backed up. And you're getting up to the next person, the next one. So that was happening to me yeah. as a radiologist, which doesn't usually happen. And I was thinking, you know, I just don't know what to say. So obviously, I listen. I mean, what I from the few things I remember, listening is almost enough sometimes. But my ultimate sentence was... You should talk to your GP about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Every GP colleague that has to have, you know, someone turn it back up and say, well, the radar told me to talk to you. Yeah. I'm sorry, but uh, I don't know. I mean, what else can you do? There's uh, only so much true. I can do. I can't, I can't refer to social care. I can't do those things. Give no. them an ear and then say, talk to your GP. You're right. I mean, yeah. these things do happen. Don't they? Like in the hospital, in a hospital setting, people will be like, mm. you need to speak to the medridge. I'll speak to the medridge. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. In the hospital. But so, like, and I, the community, it's a similar thing, isn't it? Yeah, All yeah, things it lead to GP. It's funny though, the GP. Because, mm. like, I saw one post which is really interesting where they were like, talking about how they kind of get delegated tasks and how they're like the F1 for everyone. And then mm. I was like, oh God, yeah. Because like, you know, the number of times I remember like as an F1 or like being like, GP to check user needs in one week. And I'm like, mm. now thinking back, like, what the hell was I thinking? Like all these people, like what, how are they, how do they even do that? Like it didn't mm. even, you know, because you're just busy just churning people through the, through in the hospital. Mm. And you're right, like the buck stops with them. What an awful position to be in. Like what, yeah, uh, it's just, yeah. um, Oh my god! And the other thing that vexes me, and I, I know I've mentioned this before, is the fact that they've got to see people in ten minutes. Doesn't that seem completely bonkers to you? Yeah, well, I've got to scan in ten minutes, mate. We talking about that's 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 super hard. Yeah, exactly. No, that's like one bit. So like they've <laughs> yeah. got to like. I'm do joking. Like a... It's not. It's not hard. Yeah, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna go along with that. I was like, yeah, it does sound really hard, you know. With the uh, and no, you have to know about like no. how light beams and I don't know. But like, no, no, don't. You don't, I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah but, like, cool. I'm real with you, people. Yeah, I'm telling you, it doesn't take that long. Carry on, anyway. Yeah. Well, so they've got to like you know and like people they save up stuff don't they for their gp mm. so it's like it's never one thing and mm. they've got to like do like like and th their examination must be well weird because this person's been like oh, i've got a lump in my neck and i've got pain in my knee mm. and you're like what mm. kind of examination is this like i can imagine if that was uh an exam i'd be like uh don't even know it's well, you know i always try i always try and give them a benefit of the doubt like, i remember once i was sitting there and this more junior reg to me well, as, a, as a fellow at the time got a phone call from a gp and the gp said look uh, can you get the scan report and the reg the the junior, more junior is like, no, what are you talking about? You can't call me up and, you know, try and push a scan to be reported as soon as possible. We've got loads of scans to do. You know, that's not fair. Like, you know, I was thinking, hey, chill out, mate. Hang on. So then when they, put the, they said, then it came to me, Imran, you know, uh, can I speak to you about this? I, like, I heard what was going on, yeah? How many patients do you think that GP is seeing in a day? Mm. And how many times do you think they've called the radiology department to get a scan done as soon as possible? Not many, right? That's probably the one time in the week they've called up to try and get... So there's clearly something they're worried about or they've got a patient that they're, that's giving them grief about something. How long will it take to report that scan? Not mm. that long. So if it takes, you know, a few, few minutes to report that scan and give someone else an easier time, maybe we should think about that. And I think sometimes we don't think about each other. And what's thing and not thinking about from their point of view. And the number of times I've had GPs call me up, you know, and they'll be like, oh, can you, do you mind again, it's done sooner? And you know, or oh, can do you mind if you let the scan through? And I've seen, I've seen as well, like they've already had an ultrasound, they've already had an MRI scan, they've already had a CT scan, and now they're asking for another ultrasound. And I'm literally, mate, like, listen, can you just be honest with me? 
is this a difficult patient that you're dealing with? And they're like, yeah. And I said, okay, so will this make things easier for you that if we just do the scan? They're like, yeah. And I said, all right, fine, we'll do it. Because there mm. is a point, is like, what, what do you, you know, I don't know if you remember, there's one, there's a few, okay, there was a few lectures, I guess I didn't go to many lectures, but there was one <laughs> lecture that really stuck with me in med school, really did, really mm. stuck with me. And I think about it to this day, at what point do we call disease, disease? Uh, yeah. yeah, and the point really, do you remember this lecture? No. It really struck me because it was talking about like, you know, we might think that um, having a big nose like me is not a disease, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, for some people, that is a disease. It feels like, oh, you know, I can't get the same opportunities as someone else because I've got a big nose, right? But we don't deem that as disease and so therefore it doesn't become, you know, something that's treatable. For, okay, for example, if I've got one leg that's shorter than the other, you might say to me, well, that's not really a disease. You can still live your life with that, right? And so... You know, and then and so that's the problem, right? So you, how? You know, but then some people say that no, that is a disease because I've got one leg shorter than the other. I can't run like everyone else. I can't do things like anyone else. But in reality, you can still le live with one leg shorter than the other. And so this is the point. Like from my point of view, I can easily sit there and say, well, you know what? I'm sorry, Mr. G, Mr. Miss, Mr. or Mrs. GP, Miss GP. Yeah, you know, um, I I don't deal with that problem. Like that's a, that sounds like a psychological psychological issue that you're dealing with here. You go deal with it. But I have to trust that my GP colleagues know what they're doing. They're not. I assume they're not calling me and asking me for things on a regular basis because in truth I don't get many phone calls from GPs I do kind of my ears perk up when it, when someone calls me I'm like what do you want like, something must be up and I just sometimes think that we're a bit harsh on each other and you know especially when it comes to GPs we are coming through you've been there haven't you it was ah oh, the GPs don't know people say the GPs don't know what they're doing the, you know I've heard that happen in the hospital environment and I don't think that's entirely fair because you're not you know you know in that film um, Interstellar oh yeah you know, awesome film yeah, Matt Damon is like my favorite character of all time in that movie because he says, don't judge me because you haven't been through what I've been through. Because, you know, he, he starts to do something that's kind of... Um, oh, yeah, yeah. He seems a bit uh, dishonest. He's, you know, he's actually essentially dumping a whole lot of people on a planet and, mm. in, in order to save his own life. But his point is, you can't judge me until you've been through what I've been mm. through. So every time that you go cuss a, cuss a colleague, you know, I feel like you shouldn't judge him until you've been through what they've been They're doing it for a reason. So maybe you should think about that before you... I don't know. I, sorry for ranting, but I'm just saying. No, no, no. It's, a tough, it's a tough thing. It's, it's a true. tough thing what they do, isn't it? It's yeah. true. I mean, uh, I think a lot of kind of um, foundation program uh, rotations tend to include GP now, I think, for this. For, yeah, for, I told you about my experience. It wasn't great, but that was for very different reasons. Was it? Why, why yeah, I mean, I told you, remember the the whole racism thing that happened with that GP and he was just like, oh, just, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, anyway, so these things happen. Anyway, yeah, yeah no, I've, I, yeah, they, the GPs are on a bit of a, a bit of a rut. They're also being told they can't do video consultations anymore. Well, yeah, like, I think there's this kind of weird, but yeah, I just kind of really wonder what that agenda is. Like, why are they kind of making out that they, they're like not open and they're not doing face? Like, what is, what do you oh, think, like, know. because there must be some kind of end game, right? like whether in the cahoots with the government or like whether it's mm. just like some kind of weird narrative but i don't really see it other than we're discussing gps just for jokes like oh you, actually you know what the what, what group of people have not had enough of a shit time so we've we picked mm. on immigrants um i don't know who should we pick on now oh yeah let's do gps again it's the gps turn you know like why i don't get it i don't just... know i mean my sister's a gp hmm. and um you know, know she that. said it was really positive yeah she is well yeah. yeah i mean she if anyone's up for checking her out she's the little pomegranate she's quite famous for other reasons but um she is a gp <laughs> okay. and um no she was on some sewing show it was really I boring I, I only watched it because she was on it but um yeah. anyway she seems to be 
pretty well known in certain circles. Um, but anyway, she um, she was telling me it was quite a positive thing going moving on to sort of video consultations because it meant it was easier to to see some patients. So I thought it was a good thing. And then all of a sudden, you told getting told that you know um, they're getting told to stop doing video consultations. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like they just want to have a scapegoat. Like you said, they need a scapegoat, and yeah. they're easy. The easy target for everyone, isn't it? Easy. Just blame them. It's it's very easy. You know, as as hospital doctors, we do end up being under the radar on some level. We're not mm. so patient facing. So half the time, well, I know for me, half the time the patients don't even know I exist or what I do. Yeah. They think uh, I don't know. They don't even think I'm a doctor half the time, which is great for me. I don't want to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I mean, we could just see some like uh, evidence just on Twitter that their kind of uh, morale is really low. And, you know, I'm mm. sure that you'll agree that we kind of we both uh, value the contribution that they, they do, which is over like a, a massive. It's way more than uh, hospital doctors do. Like it's just hu- humongous and they, they protect us in a lot of ways. And uh, mm. we, we do really value Battering them. rams. That's what they are. Battering yeah, rams, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, um, next thing you know, they'll be all, they'll be turning to eating bread. You know, in the in this in the, in the stress, they'll just all be yeah. like eating all that bread and getting all bloated. Yeah, uh, like oh, Gwyneth. poor Gwyneth and her bread. Mm. God, you know, talking about first world problems. How huh? when like, when you read about oh, you know, lockdown got so bad, I had you bread. had to go to carbs. Mm. Although Thrusha, mm. I, if I remember correctly, when we we're traveling around Australia, you're the first person I ever met that said, "I'll go, I'll have the burger, but without the bread." And I thought that doesn't sound like a burger. What on earth are you doing? Before my time, you know, and before never, time, wasn't it? Like, yeah. Now it's the thing. Yeah, well, I mean, you were, you were clearly, uh, yeah, ahead of the game. I had no idea that was even a thing. And I remember Keep thinking, Thrusha, what are you doing? Why are you like, and there was a certain time where you just stopped having bread. Yeah, so, but the, the my kind of rationale was different to whole, the whole keto th- keto thing now. Like, I obviously didn't under, have the detailed understa- uh, understanding of metabolism or nutrition, and we don't get that at medical school. You know, for some mm. reason, as doctors, we're kind of, uh, people think that we might. But um, my kind of thing was, when you have a burger, the best bit about it is the meat inside. And the bread mm. is merely a way. I knew away you like me. I knew yeah, you like I love me. Yeah. I love me. And uh, that's a problem, actually. I, as time's gone on, obviously, now I'm like, oh, actually, I should cut down because like, I see videos of like anim- the way animals are treated and stuff, and I feel bad. But anyway, mm. at the time, I was like, use the bread to kind of hold the meat. Like, it's literally just like a way of holding it to put mm. it in your mouth. But really, the, the best bit, the thing that you enjoy the most is the meat. So why bother with the bread? Especially if it has calories in it that you know necessary like i hated the idea of empty calories like calories that you don't enjoy like the foods like quiche used to just drive me crazy because i'd be like quiche is so just like so boring <laughs> so middle of the road and you're like eating it and there's millions of calories in it and you're like it's not worth it it's not worth it it's not worth getting like chubby over this like if you're gonna get you know if you're gonna get calories eat cake and have it like be like mm. yes because then it's like oh the trade-off like well it's mm. worth it because you had a great time eating that food and so bread for me was a bit like that but then i think the problem at that time was i was just too young i just didn't know about the amazing breads that are out there like tiger bread oh my god mm. and um brioche bun or something brioche, like that. yeah yeah i mean just uh you just i gotta say through you did have the physique uh, to to back it up though yeah, i remember but I still, I, you know if anyone wants tense. a photo i might put it on the newsletter <laughs> <laughs> Thrusha shirtless in Australia running, uh, running on the beach mate. I have that oh, yeah mate if we get 100 subscribers oh, I'll send that photo out just to celebrate you just killed uh, our you killed our readership now like, loads of people will just be like unsubscribe unsubscribe <laughs> quick 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 it's done we're done mate we're done in the water oh, oh god let's, no, yeah, let's change the subject let's change the subject no I mean uh, if anyone wants to sign up to the newsletter feel free oh, we had a nice god. response I'm quite glad people have signed up yeah, for yeah. More, a few more people than I expected so god. yeah if you do sign up to the newsletter we've got two musings from me yeah. two musings through 
Croatia. Hopefully, a shirtless picture of Trusha every few oh, weeks. Jesus Christ! And, uh, and something random. Nobody so, wants uh, to see and, that, uh, you know, speaking, yeah, have, a, have a look. Yeah, speaking mm, of these on. kind of uh, posting pictures, so that was another thing that happened in the last week, wasn't it? There's uh, um, the uh, Bre- Brennan, who um, mm-hmm. Mr. Brennan, who's a kind of uh, famous surgeon, um, but his one of the things that he's quite uh, well known for is uh, writing a chapter in Grey's Anatomy. Right, well, writing Grey's Anatomy like rewriting Grey's Anatomy but also in particular he lectures on human factors and uh, one of his tweets kind of centred on a junior doctor that was taking the opportunity to sleep and Mm. um, there are a few issues with that photo do you remember did you see that tweet I did, yeah, but I didn't know what to make of it because the the photo shows just Junior Doctor f- falling asleep on a desk, which didn't look very comfortable. Well, I mean, you know, surely mm. you f- find something else to do or somewhere else to sleep. But then everyone's like, oh, you know, it's another case of you know doctors not having somewhere to sleep, which we've all been in where they've taken the on call room away from you. But then I think there was a tweet under that said we do actually have a mattress, by the way. Yeah, no, from, from himself, from himself, right? So then I thought, so what's he doing? Why is that? Why is mm. that? If you've got a mattress, why is that? guy li- lying on the bed like i didn't understand it so then i just left i was like this is too confusing for my simple mind What's yeah we're lying here? on the table yeah 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 it's weird isn't it but also like it's a bit kind of weird how he said mattress like that that that's a bit shady isn't it like what does that mean like a mattress that sounds kind mm. of a bit kind of um piece yeah, it's not exactly a bed is it you no, know it's, it's a bit like, weird. have a mattress to sleep on i just thought i mean there are a few things right like one is what were the circumstances of that photo? Like, did he like wake him up to be like, um, is it okay if I, is it okay if I take a photo of you sleeping? Because you know, hmm. this would look really good on Twitter. Or did he not? Do you wait till afterwards? And then if he asked him afterwards, like, um, because so if it wasn't staged, isn't it a bit coercive? Like, because you, as a junior, probably be like, you know, consultants asking you, and it, and it doesn't cost you anything, but it's a bit mm. coercive, isn't it? How hard is it to say no in that situation? It's a bit weird. I mean, how do you even say that to someone? Like, oh, by the way, I hope you yeah. don't mind, but yeah. when you're asleep, I took a photo of you. Uh, all right. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of weird, mm. you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, but yeah, I, I, what was the point in that photo? What was he trying to say? Because uh, I never got to the point. I never got to the. I what think, was the point? Yeah, in I'm this? not sure. Something about like the importance of taking rest. But that's something that is important, isn't it? Because you know, mm. we have. We, have you heard from like Trust saying like, oh no, you shouldn't sleep like on your night shift. Mm. You're supposed to work. Yeah, have yeah, you had yeah. that? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, actually, one of the trusts I worked in, they were, you know, you're not allowed to sleep, and if you're not, if you don't have scans to do, do X-rays all the way through the night, and you think, come on, man, that's yeah. that's a lot to ask, isn't it? I mean, because I know it sounds really easy, but, you know, actually, when you're in the middle of the night, it feels like, you know, uh, the only way I can describe it is, from my point of view, when you're doing a night shift, someone is waking you up and say, Sudoku puzzle. Can you do the Sudoku puzzle and give me the right answer as soon as possible? And you're thinking, come on, man, I'm, I'm kind of tired. I don't want to do a Sudoku puzzle right now. And then you go to sleep and then they wake up. Sudoku puzzle, Sudoku puzzle. And it's like, ah, come on, man. I'm, and as the time goes on, you're not going to be as good at Sudoku as you originally were when you were more awake. And that's just, the, that's the facts. We all know that. Mm. And then when they turn around and say that, you know what? You're not allowed to sleep. You need to do Sudoku all night. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think yeah. it's a bit harsh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I remember yeah. when... Um... So, like, uh, when the first wave of COVID hit, a lot of us uh, in mm. research were asked to kind of go back into the clinical rotor. And so, um, mm. you know, at the time, everyone's, you know, terrified and stuff. And I remember, like, I mm. started on call quite soon and then I was on nights. And I remember being, you know, just a, a bit afraid and stuff. And I remember getting called mm. from, like, a nurse being, like, at four in the morning, being like, oh, there are all these patients who may be discharged in the morning. Can you do all their discharge letters? And it was like mm. four in the morning, and I was but like, mm. no, no, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> no, um, thank you. <laughs> it was just, it just made me so like. But I literally, like, generally, you find some kind of interesting way of 
kind of oh yeah uh, i'm sure i will i will i just you know do these things because it's better to just kind of say something along mm. those lines than it is to just be like mm. no but literally i was just like this is so ridiculous me please well but you know this is what i found i mean i didn't do many in the end looking back but i, I do remember that when you're doing those sort of ward work the the idea of what's urgent and non-urgent it just there's a yeah, difference yeah right there's a massive difference right but I, I guess i see that in my work as well like you know people will say everything's ur- we've said we said this before like mm. people will say that this scan is most urgent most urgent scan but me stepping back looking at it it doesn't look like an urgent scan to me mm. it, it looks like something could wait a few days and just because your consultant wants to see it by the end of the day like what's going on i don't think that's entirely fair when you've got sicker patients yeah but then you know with these ttos or you know discharge summaries i guess maybe from you know the that person's point of view, that is the most urgent thing. That is the most urgent thing that needs to be done. Well, it's kind of framing point of view, isn't it? Like, I think we've covered it, mm. like Mehul's covered it before, how, um, mm. it, like, every kind of time there's a roadblock in a hospital or, you know, they're back to their beds, the implication is, is that that's because somewhere, some juniors need to be doing more TTOs more quickly mm. or something, isn't it? It always seems mm. to come down to that. Um, well, sometimes it happens to us. We get told that, you know, these scans are getting backed up. You need to get these scans through. Can you go through the list and let as many through as possible? We think, all right, all right, I mean... If you've got capacity, then you've got to do what you can to get patients through. Mm. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I just feel like, you know, there's certain roadblocks they, they think exist, but it's always firefighting. Have you noticed that? It's mm. always firefighting. Like every few weeks, like, yay, we got on top of all the, you know, we've got a couple of bed crisis. We've done it. Everyone's high five. And then two days later, it's like, hey, bed crisis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We need to get on top of this. It Emergency, kind of... cancel all meetings. Everyone has to be on the wards. You're like, oh, come on, man. It, rem- it reminds just me get of on top like of the issue? when you're on call and mm. um you're like you know scribbling away just trying to like get through and then you know you're like i'll oh, clear the list and then like another two people will get added like literally just before you're about to finish the last <laughs> one and it's always like that and you just have to keep scribbling you just have to keep oh oh keep scribbling keep scribbling yeah, oh yeah. Uh, this person's turned up sick oh no let's find a locum and never find a locum okay just keep scribbling keep scribbling you know yeah. these things happen you're like, oh keep scribbling keep scribbling like that's mm. just that's just how it is right you just give up your hope yeah. give up your hope honestly hospital manager must be just constant firefighter you never get on top of the issue because i never deal with the issue in the first place it's always mm. like you never dealt with the issue so it's going to come up again there's mm. no other way it's always going to come up again we deal with it again it's just, oh, you know honestly and in fact this week i was i was uh you know not working on on tuesday and um i went to go to get some do some shopping and i got a phone call from one of the secretaries who actually do the bookings mm. And then she called me up and then she was like, oh, hi, doctor, sorry to bother you. Um, I didn't need to tell you something. So she was telling me how there's been backup of loads of patients. They're not able to book it in. There's one of the rooms again servicing. And also the port- there's a porter issue. And I thought, okay, so I listened to her for a while. And then I, I thought, okay, well, I don't really see how I can help here. Like, you know, I want to help. Of course I want to help. So I said to listen, I'm on ultrasound this Friday. And I think you're going to double book my list, aren't you? That's what's going to happen. I thought, fine, you know, if that's what you've got to do, that's what you've got to do. So I said, look, I, I'm happy to help whenever way I can. Like, how can I help you? And she goes, no, no, I'm just calling up because I can't talk to anyone else. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, like, I can't talk to her. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought, all oh, right. I mean, I don't know what I can do here. Because she said, I can't talk to this manager. They're not opening their doors to me. This person not talking to me. I don't know what to do. And I was like, I don't know what to do either. But if yeah. there's any way I can help, then just let me know. And then she says, okay, thanks. And put the phone down. I'm I like, think she just wanted a sympathetic ear. That's that's lovely, isn't it? It wasn't one honor that she wanted to tell you that. And she just wanted you to listen. She don't want... In fact, that does lead us on. Well, you quite... know what she should do mm. is go talk to a GP about that. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm but just look, joking. I'm joking. Look, I'm sorry. Bad joke. But no, you're yeah, obviously true. giving off this energy because, like, you know, that leads us on to what we're... The, the other... Uh, 
point in our agenda, which is that mm. we've received quite a few DMs of kind of stories that people want yes. us to relay. And yes. I have to say, again, it is an honor that you guys um, have messaged us saying, oh, can you can you talk about these things? Because one, it means you listen. And two, um, you think that, you know, it has value, uh, you know, the things that we tell have value. So it's mm. and also three, mm. like trusting us. Um, and if people do want to uh, email us stories, then and if you want them us to convey it in a particular format, you know, just to kind of protect your uh, identity, you know we're very happy to do that you know you don't have mm. to go on or whatever well you know if you want to that's fine too but there are a few things mm. did you want to uh, i mean because um some of them have been got in contact well with you, you know actually i mean the thing is what we've noticed through and i actually don't mind this being the way around that you, you're actually getting the messages about you know certain things that are happening if you know if you want to email us we are high at um, twomedics.com or you can just DM us on, on Twitter it's fine but uh, we you know you, you're the one who's been getting the messages I've been getting you know just uh, you know other messages like yeah, a really great list of the show which is lovely honestly I appreciate every single person that listens to but you're getting proper messages through really? the show and not the usual DMs that you get not the usual DMs where I you've got some pretty lady that's kind of cunning into you getting into DMs you're getting proper DMs no aren't no, you? no like, this is because I've, I'm yeah. officially in the kind of Asian uncle status now people are stuck it does feel a bit Asian uncle doesn't it it does but you know let's do what we can I'm, yeah, safe, I'm just like a safe you know non-threatening kind of eunuch um, I'll let you know he's threat. He's a, he's a threat anyway carry <laughs> on <laughs> okay so let me let me read a bit of a story but um, okay, again so this is sort of someone I want to keep anonymous but when this mm. um, uh, person was a medical student they got a message from someone anonymously on Grindr uh, I don't need to explain what Grindr is do I? no do you, you want to explain, explain Grindr I don't okay, know Grindr. Grindr is Grindr is a dating app and um have you ever have you ever partaken in in this kind of thing grinder no 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 like online online dating anything like that online dating oh yeah but i was before like um tinder and stuff i used eHarmony mm. for a while oh, uh, i remember that i realized yeah, okay. that was, i was terrible nobody wanted to be my friend so there you go mm-hmm. seriously like i got shunned so you, hard anyway well, you know, i yeah yeah Karen, yeah Karen. i think that's uh, i was uh, it gave me a bit of a context how old we are yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. And it's before, like, I think as a kind of normal human being, I'm probably like a three out of ten. But as a doctor, I'm probably like a solid six and a half. And so <laughs> I think if I'd have put as a doctor at the time, I'd have, you know, maybe, oh, got, maybe somebody you know might have messaged me. I, I was thinking, like, you know, there's, you know, uh, do you remember in the Olympics years ago, there was this, like, ice skating, a bunch of ice skaters, there's speed skaters. Hmm. There's an Australian ice skater, and he said, the only way I'm winning this race is if everyone falls over and you know doesn't finish the race and that's exactly what happened everyone <laughs> no fell over and yeah. he got gold and he, and he became like a, a cult hero that's and amazing that's what i needed to happen in e-harmony well, like you know any... what i think yeah. that's what's happened to me right me just having hair is good enough these days that, uh, I yeah, think this is what's, true. yeah just having hair is good enough so yeah. i think like I'm, I'm becoming the australian guy the longer i can keep this hair this barn of hair going <laughs> i'm gonna be doing quite well <laughs> it's true it's true you've already overtaken me man enjoy it, enjoy oh, it. you've, you've wait, anyway. you waited long enough for your moment yeah you this is my time now i had to wait till yeah anyway anyway so see, Sorry, this guy, this guy it, yeah. matched um i think that's the lingo matched with this mm. person and um so they exchange in the particular line that i have to quote because it's so good is we exchanged some non-facial photos which i didn't really understand what that well hang on non-facial photos what do you mean you took the photo back of his head or something that's what it meant yeah oh, okay okay is that what they do yeah yeah it's just you know a 3d perspective of that person's head because they might have a really weird shaped <laughs> head um anyway so they chatted a bit and eventually <laughs> after you know just working their way up the person's body they got to the faces and like it just uh, it just wasn't for this medical student but unfortunately then when they became a doctor uh when the medical student started the 
the person who had been they'd been messaging happened to be their consultant. This consultant treated this junior doctor, this F1, really quite badly, refused to sign him off for various things. And I guess, trying to read between the lines, one of the things that perhaps was an issue for this consultant was that um, maybe he was worried about being outed because he's he was uh, in a heterosexual partnership. And mm. um, so maybe that was a problem. But um, it sounded really quite bad. Um, and uh, to a point where the... Um, this F1 colleague of ours is, uh, you know, um, kind of burst into tears like at work and just, you know, felt really unsupportive. And I think, I guess as an F1, it can be very difficult to know where to turn when it's your supervisor. Uh, yeah, it's tough, isn't it? I mean, you know what, as an F1, I don't think you, I remember when I was an F1, I felt bad asking for leave. Like I, was, I felt bad asking for leave. I didn't know it was my right. So I, f- I felt bad to, oh, do you mind if I take some annual leave here? You know, and I just think that um, as years go on, you start to be a bit more like, this is my annual leave. This is what my entitled to. I'm going to take annual leave. You know, you get a little bit more like, um, this is what I'm entitled to. And I don't think people really realize, I didn't know this and I made this mistake that um, if you're not happy with your educated supervisor, you're in your entitlement to change your educational supervisor. I know, I know it can be difficult because obviously there's connotations with that, but it sounds like this is a difficult situation because you're not going to get the marks or the the things you need you're not going to get the get the support that you need from this person it's almost a bit like okay look just de- deal me a new deck of cards i know i know it's not great but just give me a new deck of cards i'm going to give me a new education supervisor that's what that's the kind of thing i wish i would have done or I'd like to think i would do if i was in that kind of position what, what do you think Thrusha? do you think that's putting the onus on the wrong pe- person here well, I think the I think one of the problems is just not even having maybe when you're stuck in that situation, perhaps not even having the kind of insight or the kind of wherewithal to know that that's even an option. I know that when I was an mm. F one on surgery, I had an awful time, and the the, the registrars were bullies, and I just didn't know what to do. And I remember one mm. thing in particular that used to really just like wind me up was be that they'd call me after hours, like eight nine o'clock in the evening, you know, and be asking for like updates on patients and stuff. And that's because they knew that like um, I'd I'd stay at work, like I'd just stay there and I'd be and that was abusive and I just didn't really realize how to articulate that I knew it was wrong like I knew something was wrong and I knew mm. that but I couldn't quite kind of figure out what it was and in the end like I ended up I found the BMA counseling service I was speaking to oh, them wow. with it. yeah wow. literally like because I was like I just don't know what to do and mm. this this woman on the other end of the line was like why are you answering the phone and I was like mm. what do you mean like is that an option I can just not answer it like she's like well yeah mm. why have they got your mobile number like do you not have a bleep you have a bleep don't you why don't they just use mm. that why do you just stop and I was like okay so one day I just stopped answering my phone and they'd be like mm. I remember they'd ask me like why didn't you answer I'm like, oh I just didn't I just didn't see it and just having to, yeah just yeah exactly someone just saying why don't you try this and be like oh is that a reasonable option okay mm. and so I just kind of wonder like um because obviously there's this whole thing isn't it that's what our supervisors are supposed to do or like that's what our mentors are supposed to do but they're not properly incentivized to do it like people become mm. mentors because they it looks good on their cv they're not really mm. like perhaps if you know we put all this money towards the jrctbb or whatever like maybe they should pay our mentors like properly and give them proper time off to do proper supervision or something i don't know to like give advice and stuff i mean obviously that's what i use the bma but like if you just don't mm. know like you just um it's difficult isn't it it's just because you're still a kid i think like when you're yeah you, you are i mean yeah i mean I know pretty mature should... anyways medical students i think personally yeah. because well, like we said before like people are doing fully fledged jobs out there at this age but we're still kind of you know just start our careers at the age of 24 25 or sometimes even older than that Mm, Um, i mean like going quite naive i think in a lot of ways yeah it's true it's true i think like we we, okay yeah we shouldn't infantilize our colleagues but at the same time i think we should there there is a value to experience and we should Mm. try and like pass that on because i don't know Mm. just rely you know just expecting them to just have to go through the hard knocks because 
we might mm. have done. It's just um, well, it's interesting you because you know, like you talked to the BMA. Was it like a counselor you spoke to? Yeah. Or just like really, yeah. and, and you, did you find that useful? It's so good. I only spoke to her once, but that was enough. Like, and it really Mm. just changed my perspective. Um, And I I think I just needed someone to say, like, because otherwise I felt like I was being crazy. And the thing was, is that, you know, I looked up to those ridges and Mm. thought that they were doing what was right, you know, Mm. and uh, you kind of expect that the senior colleagues, like, would kind of just choose to do the right thing, but they don't Mm. look after their own interests. But Mm. uh, it didn't really occur to me at the time. I was just trusting and so i needed someone else to point out to me no no they're not looking out after your interests mm. they are mm. uh they're, um they're taking advantage of you um shall i move on to some of the other stories there's a few others yeah i mean i just want to say that like um you know you did the counseling thing and actually during my training like i've mentioned before and of course we will we will talk about more about my training and stuff because i do think there are things that we can all learn from and i learned there are a lot of things from it but you know i was going through a very very difficult time and one of the things that um i ended up doing was referring myself to to get help right and i ended up talking to uh getting a gp assessment and then i ended up getting cbt and you know, at the time, I was thinking, I don't want anyone messing with my head. I don't like it. I don't. I, I, I'm not ready for this. But say there was two reasons I did it. First of all, I thought, okay, let's just give it a shot. I've never tried this kind of stuff before. And secondly, I needed to make it look like I was doing something. You know, because if if I got to the end and they said to me at the ASP, well, you know, you got these services available to you. Why you're not using it? You're clearly not engaging. So part of that game, it was in my head that you know, at least I should give it a shot. So at least I've done that. Yeah, you know, at least I've been down that avenue. And actually, it was one of the most helpful things like I've ever, ever done, ever done, honestly. And I would highly, highly recommend that anyone, if anyone has a hard time, genuinely, genuinely to think about it, because I, it literally changed, it didn't just change my work relationship, it changed so much about me. Like, there were so many things I didn't know about myself or this pattern of thinking that I had about myself, my family, my expectations and all these kind of things. And um, there was just little things they helped me with and it was just so, so helpful. And I, I, I guess I'm a mug, a big-headed guy, not to really realise that, you know, having someone going inside your head is sometimes a really good thing. Uh, yeah, anyway, it, these these things are difficult. And for that person who found themselves in that situation, if you do find yourself in that situation, I do think it's a good idea to help get professional services and also change your education supervisor because clearly things aren't going to get any better. And Yeah, anyway, so we had more messages, didn't we, which are fairly interesting, yeah. Well, I had another junior colleague. Um, Mm. See, we've got a few examples of this where basically F1s, F2s, basically being hit on by their consultants, which I think is just uh, gross. Did you know this kind of thing happened? Like, am I so naive? I used to walk into work and leave, not really realizing this. You know, like, yeah, between F1s and F2s, yeah, okay, you know, yeah, it happens. But consultants, are we kind of talking quite a big age gap, are we not? Or unless they're young consultants? How Mm. do you, how do you even like, how does it even i just i mean like when I, I was like reading some of these things and i was like whoa like the like the kind of brazenness of it like mm. there's one person who um sent a picture with a view from his bed and saying how great the view was i mean oh, that makes me want to vom and then mm. and when she didn't reply he basically was like oh sorry for an old man to hit on you dot 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 unless you're interested so it's like a sorry not sorry mm. but just like another you know just in case i don't know maybe you skipped over my message of my bed like just to just follow up mm. just to follow up you know just chasing chasing a response on this one just wanting mm. to know like it's just disgusting i'm consistently surprised about like the 
the kind of level that people try it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, how much people are willing to try it? Because uh, there's some things I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think of stuff like that. I wouldn't even think of that, you know. It's amazing, but isn't it? It's amazing. It's incredible that someone could do something like that and think it's okay. And I mean, they're going to get away with it, let's be it, honest. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it goes to show, isn't it? Like it. these people, because they're using their power, aren't they? Mm. Like, um, this another example where they were like, the consultant gave the, um, the F2 their mobile number being like oh you know if you want to talk about like career stuff, i mean like career stuff i mean this is like mm. um and then being like oh yeah let's meet up let's meet for cocktails there and they'll be like oh you know mm. can we meet in the county no, no no let's meet in the evening let's go mm. uh, being like that and when she was mm. like oh actually no i'd rather not because obviously you can see well, straight through this being like mm. and then they just never signed off any of their things like okay that's vindictive that's weird but let, i mean let, okay let's just think about this for a second i'm, I'm not saying this stuff is right i'm just trying to give a different perspective right if you're a youngish consultant you know, uh, and there's someone that you quite fancy. Let's just say that's the case, right? Um, if, and you got, let's say you got no game. I'm not saying I had any game at all or whatsoever, but like you got no game, and you, I mean, and he's trying. Is that is that? It depends on like how. I mean, the other one is creepy. It's creepy. Like you say, here's a photo of my room. Oh, is it weird that an old man tries with? That's creepy. But if you're saying like, oh, would you like to join me for cocktails? And they say no, then it's no. But, it, but then the next thing which I think is out of order is the vindictiveness of not signing them off. And the, and it gets weird if you try and push it and push it, push it. But if you're like, I'm not interested, and that's like, okay, you're not interested, then you move on. You, you try, you try, you, you, you took a shot, it didn't work. And, and I know I know there's an age difference, but at the same time, like, I've seen bigger age differences in life, yeah, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, sure. You know, like, I think the issue isn't, isn't the age difference or the mm. fact that they shot their shot. It's the behaving like an absolute child when the person yeah. has been knocked back. It's just yeah, like, yeah, that's true. If you're going to hit true. on your junior, um, okay, weird, but like, if you're going to do it, then fine, whatever, but mm. uh, don't be a dick about it if they say no, like, because um, yeah. I think because yeah. it's, it's, it's already a coercive position and, mm. I mean, if uh, I, th- I think it's a bit, I think it's a bit dubious. Um, there should be like a, a rule. Do you think there should be a rule? You know, with te- you know, where you got teacher students, there should be like something like a consultant juniors. It's the same like with patients, right? I mean, like mm. it's not, it's not cool. It doesn't matter, like if you're single and young or whatever, to mingle with your patients. Like it's just mm. wrong. So, and um, I uh, like when people like it happens. Like yes, at the same time, like as medics, we don't meet a whole awful lot of people with our like unsociable mm. rotors and stuff and stuff. And obviously, I met my wife at work. Um, mm. And um, but again, I was kind of. I was awkward and I don't think I'd have ever really asked someone out if I knew that I was going to be seeing them regularly, mainly from mm. the perspective of if they, I like, I get hardcore secondhand embarrassment. And mm. so if I feel like that person's embarrassed to be about me, then I'm embarrassed as well. And I feel like famously, mm. if I, like, I, I don't overheat. But if I'm embarrassed, you can tell straight away because I just sweat. Mm. It's ridiculous. Like somebody, it's like someone's like dropped a bottle of like water on my head. I'm just sweating, and they're like, "Why are you sweating?" Yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, no reason. And inside, it's because like I like some random old me- embarrassing memories just come to mind, and suddenly I'm like, mm. I'm sweating now, um, and that happens. But so with Joe, um, uh, I kind of saw her on a night out. Um, and that was a night out, which was arranged by some nurses that I'd known from ward that I'd worked. Hang on. It sounds like an arranged marriage now. Okay, carry on. Oh, yeah, <laughs> basically. And then yeah. she was actually pointing out to me that the other day being like, oh, yeah, you seem to be hanging around. Like, you had no business being on that ward. Like, what were you doing there? And I was like, well, I was seeing, like, cardiology referrals, actually. Oh, my God, the ward just sent, sent loads of them. She's like, oh, I don't think you were. I think you just sat at the desk a lot. And maybe that was true. I don't know. I don't know. But... Um, <laughs> I think the thing is, is that it's just part of being grown up, isn't it? It should be about um, 
taking no for an mm. answer. But like, do you like? Do you know of like? Um, in obviously, this must happen in all kinds of like uh, industries yeah. and stuff. Do they not yeah, have to yeah, go I on mean, courses and stuff? I don't know. Learn how to be know. normal. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. But you know what? You say that. But we had a we had a registrar that ended up going out with a consultant, and now they're now I think they're married, or and it got a bit messy. But you know, they're they're happily together now. But I mean. It happens, isn't it, with your human beings and stuff? And you, like you said, you work in close, close knit environment. You only meet so many people. You know, we're all the same, aren't we? we? End up just having only medic friends, which is why I actually insisted on not marrying a medic in the end. I was actually, I, I couldn't, I couldn't take coming home. Not that look, I love what you, I love you all really, but I didn't want to come home to another medic talk about medic things. And my sister's a medic. My brother was a medic. I just, it's sometimes it's too much medic chat. I don't know how. <laughs> This is the guy who's like on a podcast. Yeah, no, it's true, isn't it? It's true. What? Okay. Like, um, you changed your you mind. Know what, you know what? No, no, no. Honestly, like, you know what's really great about being married to a non-medic is that anything I say is smart. I, I just oh. say thyroid gland, and it's like, oh, thyroid oh, gland. Oh, thyroid, yeah. Like, a medic would be like, shut up, you fool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But at least it's a complete. It's like, it's the complete opposite yeah, cool. of a nurse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a doctor. Oh my god, you're such a dick. Like, literally, yeah. like everything I say, like, I can't. And yeah. she's like, really? And she was like questioning me and stuff as well. Like, you know, like mm. I want to double check everything. God, just do what, do what I say. Jeez. Mm. Um, no. Navigating love and relationships, especially in the professional environment, is an impossible thing. Yeah, it's an impossible thing. You know, this is the thing. I know it sounds very unromantic, but getting married on top of being married to someone quite nice and lovely, um, it's just one less thing to worry about now, isn't it? <laughs> well, I think because people are people know that you're married and you're they're less likely to like maybe that's no it wasn't yeah I mean uh, that's actually that's not entirely true I've, I had you know actually it was interesting actually, once I was at, when I was in one of the places I was working someone went up to another reg and asked them what's in man's deal why is he so flirtatious and they were like what are you talking about he's like a married guy with two kids he's not and they've never noticed anything flirtatious about me and I never thought I was I thought I was being friendly and from my point of view like Therusha you remember I wasn't I wasn't particularly cool and I was I, I found myself awkward and I was, always, I was always second guessing things I was saying you know like would they take it the wrong way and even with the ones I liked even with the, a girl I, liked, I was always second guessing what I was saying and then once I got hitched and stuff and I'm you know I'm, I'm happy and stuff like that was just gone uh, you know, I could just finally just chill out and just be friendly and relax. And, you know, I used to worry, is there going to be an innuendo on in what I said? Is that, have I taken things too far? Now it's like, well, just chill out. Like, it doesn't matter. Just be friendly and stuff. And, uh, um, yeah, like I said, there's one less thing to worry about. There's one less thing to worry about. <laughs> not very romantic. I'm sorry, everyone who's looking for that, you know, romantic story, but it's not as romantic as that. Yeah. mentioned, though, like, and there's um, there was some, as a DM that I got about, um, someone whose uh, consultant was kind of friendly in a way that she, but in a way that he'd like buy her gifts and stuff and then that's weird though I mean, yeah and he'd be like oh you're a good girl and so i mean like um i just kind of wonder should should there be like a kind of uh, it's not called human factors is it but like i don't know um situational judgment no that's the other thing but like mm. should there be like courses that people should just be mandatory and then people should attend like how to I mean, like, like you have to do like fire safety things, and you have to do F one safety. Uh, well, no, but like, there's, there's stuff, isn't it? Like spotting a terrorist. There's all these kind of weird yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I love those ones. Yeah, 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 it's ridiculous, isn't it? But like, um, you know, maybe there should, should there be like some of those as well, so it kind of becomes a conversational. Top I mean, these things though, that whilst trying to like distill it down or whatever, just make it really laborious and stupid. 
Well, I think I think there's a lot of assumptions about being a doctor, and there's a lot of assumptions about being a consultant. There's a lot of assumptions about being an older, getting older, right? And all those things. What I mean by that is, being older, people assume that you know better, right? Being consultant puts you in a position of power, meaning that you should know, you think you should know better. Being a doctor even makes people think that you should know better. Have you? Know, you must have had that when someone's like, "Oh, but you're a doctor. How could you not know that? You know, oh, how come you don't? You know, how come you can't help me? You're a doctor." There are so many, so many assumptions that we consistently see uh, are the wrong assumptions to be making about people because people are people. You know, just because you're, you can be a forty-year-old man-child, really, right? And we see that. So just because you've got, I mean, same here, but just because you've got the accolades of, you know, being a top prof and all the rest of it, you know, I've, I've worked with people that are very difficult people, so mature, and they're the biggest prof on the planet on a particular subject. Well, that's interesting because you mentioned that because there are, we, we do see examples of colleagues who kind of do take advantage, seem to take advantage of their position, like, I don't know, mm. like as influencers. But mm. one of the things that we kind one of the things that we did discuss about, bringing up today was the charging medical students for courses about how to get into medical school well, mm. what do you what do you think about that so are you are you taking are you taking a jab at me Thrusha? i run for <laughs> <laughs> do you no, think, no, look, yeah go, what do you, no, you know, people should be providing this content for free shouldn't they like is that what, youtube no. then isn't it <laughs> no uh, listen look, i run i do run courses but I, I don't do it for medical students and stuff and uh, i like to think my courses you know it's interesting you mentioned this because i run my courses i'm not trying to plug so like, ignore ignore don't go look up my courses don't no, no, go look he's really good he's really good don't go to my website don't do go it to his website it's really good um but the thing is, like, um, I, I met with someone recently and I, th- I mentioned that I do run courses. And he goes, I bet you're one of those types who even during COVID times, you're charging the um, top dollar. And I'm like, dude, I didn't even charge top dollar when we're doing it physically, you know, to face to face. Right. Uh, you know, I think you have to sort of um, think, to, think to yourself about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And for me, anyway, I enjoy teaching, you know, and that's what, and if you look, if you do want to go to my YouTube channel and Facebook, there, there are lots of videos where I go through how to look at scans because I'm a geek. I, I like scans. I like that kind of and I do like to teach. But I think, you know, um, I do always have to justify some of my time that I spend. And so with you, Sarusha, when we're doing this podcast, a lot of this isn't about doing the podcast. A lot of it is talking, you know, it's talking to you, Sarusha. I enjoy these conversations and yeah, it's fun that other people enjoy the conversations too. But when I'm doing teaching, sometimes I'm having to take time away from my family and my friends and, you know, engagements and stuff. So I have to justify my time to, to the people that I owe my time to. And I owe my time to my family and I owe my time to my wife and my kids. And some to me, just a small amount of time you and it's switching well. the time to you as well but i have to justify that and sometimes you have to be like you know what i know i'm not going to charge a lot but i've got to charge something so i come away having spent my day at least i can say listen you know yes i, I spent all day without you guys you have to go to the park for the day i did something that i love as well but you know i've got something as well you, you've got a little bit more you know got a bit more pocket money to deal with it's nice right and i and i don't think it's too bad and this is what it means intention so of course you can be greedy and charge like a grand for a course. And I've seen people do that. And I've seen that happen loads of times. But you gotta, you got to think about what you're doing it for. And I don't think there's anything wrong with charging a bit to justify your time and also still being helpful. You know, I'm not, I'm not overcharging people. Yeah. 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 I mean, you obviously know I'm joking, right? But the, um, what do you think about the, the courses that people are kind of doing to get into medical school? Does that seem a bit fishy to you? Like for an F1 or an F2? No, like a junior, I think... Unless you're like involved in the admissions process, I guess. I don't know. It just seems a bit weird, doesn't it? No, you've got to help where you can. And look, not everyone has the same opportunities that we had. Went to a very fancy school. You say you want to do medicine and then all mm. of a sudden you're plugged into 
your own version of a, a medical treadmill, but not everyone has that. And so I don't think if you've got, let's say you're, you're a kid who wants to go to med school and you've got no family or friends, you're not going to a school that's going to facilitate that and go, you know, and you've got a little bit of money. Why not? Like if, if someone's going to say they're going to help you get into med school, then why not? Right. I, I don't think that's that bad. Yeah, and, um, you know, maybe you're lucky and you'll find someone that does it for free. Well, that's but the thing. I think find someone to do it for free, then what are you going to do? I've got to say that was one of the, like, I guess you're right. Like the, one of the really positive responses to that on Twitter was someone saying there are these courses out there. I'm not sure if it's really that fair and, and it's ex- exclusive. Would, and I would be up for, um, mm kind of providing a similar kind of advice to people for free and certainly if people want to if there are medical students listening and you do want advice from someone although i went to med school quite a long time ago if i can help you then um then i will so i like, just uh, you can message me that's fine yeah yeah of course of course i mean I, hopefully that goes without saying just to, is drop us an email and see see what you know why not why not but um yeah i i don't know i don't have a huge issue with people charging for courses just when it gets a little bit extortion that's when a bit like well I, I know what your overheads are and that is way above your overheads. Why are you doing? Because I, I used to run courses where we were physically there and there were a few costs that I wasn't aware of. You know, just coffee. Coffee ends up taking like a third of your the, the money that goes into running a course. Insurance for the insurance for the room. Yeah, yeah. And you're paying for a really rubbish coffee and that'll cost you four or five hundred quid. And if you don't if you don't give coffee, then people get upset. So you've got to give coffee at least, even if it's rubbish <laughs> coffee. Especially if you're doing for anesthetist, oh my god, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, those anesthetists would not be happy with the coffee we were ending up providing. But um I just think that there are costs that I wasn't aware of until I started running courses because I like to teach. And I'm glad I did it because it also gave me skills that I, I now use to try and get better at teaching. But when, there is a point that you as someone who runs courses, I know that you've you've taken a little bit far. Like you've gone, you've, I know how much it costs and now you've gone to the next level of, yeah, you don't need to be charging that much, mate. Yeah, you're really taking the mick now. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I guess each their own and, you know, I guess no, it's only worth what someone's willing to pay for. It absolutely. That's, that's what it comes down to, isn't it? I mean, it's just, know. yeah, it comes down to the kind of fairness or unfairness of the world. But yeah, it was, mm-hmm. I was thinking, I was thinking recently about, you know, it's not going to be long before I go on a course to, you know, for the consultant interviews and stuff, you know, everyone seems to do that. Um, and uh, you know, I, I had to do that. Yeah, you, you know, it was really, yeah, yeah, I did. And there was one that I had to do. Well, there was um, someone said I had to do a management course. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. You know, we talk about silent curriculums. You don't know what the curriculum really is. And someone says you got to do this. You got to say, yeah, yeah, I'll do it because that's what you got to do. But no one's told you. No one's shown you like what you have to do. But I went to a BMA management course, and actually, this was really interesting. I'm going to bring it up because I, I find it fascinating because it was a, a really cheaper one. So when you're looking for these things, do check out the BMA. It's, they do some really cheap courses for a hundred. 100 quid 150 quid and i went to one on be and management and i bumped into a few people that went to uni with us and it was really nice i haven't seen you in a long time and how you been but there were some very senior consultants there already who already established consultants and then one of the things what they were talking about was how to deal with conflict standard stuff dealing with conflict and all this kind of you can see everyone's falling asleep and then um one of the things was okay so everyone stand up and i want there's two ends of the room one end of the room is where i want you to stand if you want you feel is that you need everyone else in the room to know what you've been through to get to where you've got to right so if you're a consultant you've been through a lot to get there and you need everyone in that room to to know what you've been through to get there right and the other end of the room is for those of you that don't care so genuinely i thought cool so i went to the the end of the room that was appropriate to me the care the end that didn't didn't care because I couldn't care less what you think of me or where I went to and how what I got through to get here. The only reason I talk about it is I hope that it helps someone if they're going through a similar thing to me. But I, I, I went to that end and there was another guy that was with me 
and that was it. And I was in a room of 20, 30 people. Oh, wow. Everyone else was on the other side of the room. Everyone. <gasps> and the other guy with me goes, dude, is there something wrong with us? And I was like, I think so. <laughs> right. You know, like, and these are all seemingly nice people. But I was like, why do you need to know, like, what people... You, why? And it was like, I kind of got the idea that they must w- want a certain amount of respect command them because of everything they've been through to get there. But clearly they went through a lot and they wanted you to know about it and therefore give them the respect for that. And that can actually be the source of a lot of conflict. Because if you if you kind of, you know, infer to someone that, you know, they don't mean a lot, you know, and you're you're giving yourself importance because of what you've been through and you go and treat them like they're they're not worth a lot, it hurts a it hurts the core of their their being. You know, and if a core of you, one of the cores of you being is that you're a, you're a consultant, and someone cusses you out or makes you feel like less of a consultant, then that then that's going to hurt you. I, I don't really hold it like that. I don't really care. But you know, clearly people do hold it uh, quite. You know, there's quite a, a core part of their being. Anyway, it was a very interesting course, and I do mm-hmm. re- I do recommend it. And but you do find yourself going to some very random things to try and fill out the CV to to be uh, consultant ready. You know, and it does end up costing, it can cost a lot, but I found the BMA a good place to find some cheaper ones because they can cost anything up to a grand. Anyway, yeah. Maybe we should just rip it, rip it off and then, you know, because, you know, you've made a YouTube channel for us, like, and we can just do videos where we're like, oh, uh, this is what we think. Maybe- <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what we're doing on YouTube in truth with you. Maybe someone could tell us what they want to, yeah, someone did message me, someone did message me saying, I'd be interested in seeing a vlog from you and Thrusha. And I thought, well, you could see Thrusha. I think he'd be uh, having an interesting vlog, but God, mine would be boring. Boring, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, so would mine. Oh. Mine would be like, oh, I woke up three times last night because Aaron confused. <laughs> like, it's just gonna be stuff like yeah. that. I remember, yeah. like, w- when I was uh, an F1, and um, uh, there was this other F1 next door who'd like often kind of. We didn't really interact that much. He's a nice enough guy. We were just, uh, you mm. know, we were kind of ships in the night. Uh, but mm. so I remember, like, once or twice, he'd knock on my door, and be like, oh, I'm sorry. Last night, I I was having sex with this uh, junior sister, so sorry it was a bit loud. And I'd be like, okay, uh, sorry, mate, I didn't hear. Anything. I was probably watching like Breaking Bad, like really loud. <laughs> uh, and then uh, he'd like, on, uh, so loads of the nights out and stuff. I just wouldn't go. Like, I'd just go to the, because I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd seem like really kind of keen on the kind of concept. But then when it came to it, I'd be like, actually, you know what? I don't really want to go. I'd just go to the gym. And he'd like tell people, yeah, Trisha, yeah, I live with him. He's so boring. Like, all he does is just uh, eat chicken and go to the gym. And I remember like someone like relayed this back to me and be like, oh my God, that's so. Actually, you know what? That's probably quite fair. That is, that is me. Hmm. Yeah. You moved on now. Your Thrusha was a specialist interested in intervention. An intervention. Yeah, that'd be my vlog. Though, no longer a chicken man. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> ch- no, I still am very much a chicken man. But um, yeah. I think my vlog probably would be like talking about inter- talking about wires and uh, stuff like that. <laughs> Don't put yourself down, man. You'd be yeah. talking about Batman. I thought yeah, about Batman, know, Batman. Batman. MMA. Yeah, yeah, I've got yeah, a few MMA. more strings to my bow. Generally speaking, people aren't that one-dimensional. There's always something fairly interesting about them. Yeah, really I've got at least two dimensions. At least. Yeah, I think so. I think anyway, so. We should do a vlog for three. We should. That's what we should do. We should That's do. what the public want. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should... We should I mean, we're, we're at time now, so maybe we oh, should okay, end yeah, there. Like, guys, you know, thank you for like listening to us and watching us, and you have elevated us, right? Yeah, it's nice. I mean, people messaging us and, you know, talking to us and DMing us and getting involved and getting involved in our newsletter is really good, great fun. Thank you so much. As always, really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I think we should end it there. So everyone, how you probably, for those of you that listen to us, hopefully you've got to work safely and those of you got home safely and I don't know, where else do people listen to this? Gardening. I heard someone yeah. listen to us while we're yeah. gardening. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, thank yeah, you for listening. Fun. I hope you have a great week and uh, see you next week.
Yeah. And you've been listening to Two Medics and One Mic with Imran Lasker and Tarusha Gurwana. Thank you for listening. Thank you.